0: Here, we're gonna get that shot up before he gets out uh, the <laughs> game. <laughs> Trey Young! Teardrop and a foul. Young goes behind the back. Bay, the jumper is good. Some razzle dazzle from Trey Young. Young, drive, floater, got him. LeBron takes it in. what's good everybody welcome back to the all things basketball podcast i'm your host Vic lopez as always and this is a reaction pod from the heat hawks and a quick you know kind of a quick rundown of the lakers timberwolves also along with a pretty quick breakdown slash prediction picks for the next games that are tonight which obviously is between the toronto raptors and the Chicago Bulls and then also Oklahoma City versus the Pelicans but I'm going to start with the Heat Hawks obviously got that one wrong um, and I think most people did especially the people that live around me Uh, obviously I live in Miami so (laughs) when I put up a poll on Instagram literally every single person was picking the Heat over the Hawks I think that's more of like a heart pick Um, I was swayed by that too I mean I obviously dropped a pod predicting the Heat to beat the Hawks I thought the energy would show up. I thought that they would cause a struggling Hawks three-point shooting team to struggle even harder and then kind of drag them into the mud in a tight game. Uh, That obviously didn't happen. Uh, Hawks end up winning 116-105. to So I'm going to kind of give some quick thoughts on this. I have a lot of notes here uh, from this game that I decided to kind of rewatch as well. So obviously the main problem with the heat in this game was not what i expected and it wasn't what everyone else expected the heat defense was a no-show uh bam at bio was basically useless in this game really bad just you know when he's running pick and rolls i've talked about this before when talking about the heat in in some other pods a long time ago when there's a pick and roll with bam at bio he can't shoot so the opposing team is basically just gonna Play heavy drop coverage against him because they know the only option for Bam is to roll, right? We know he's going to dive. So, time and time again, the Hawks would gamble on the pick and roll with Bam, especially when they would run high pick and rolls with Bam. The screen is always solid, but you know, when you can just drop on that pick and roll because you know you're just going to dare him to shoot and he's not going to take the shot and if he does take the shot nine times out of ten he's just going to miss it um, and then if he rolls to the basket you know he's getting to the rim where there's a Clint capella there's a john collins you know maybe a deandre hunter Onyeko kongwu i mean this is a lanky just tall just such a big team with the atlanta hawks compared to the miami heat um, another one of these things i wrote down obviously i talked about on the last episode the heater 29th in pace, right? And that's, this game was literally a full display of that 29th in pace. Like Bam is holding the ball up top, right? When they're running that high screen and roll, or they're trying to run like some, some dribble handoff actions with Bam, he's holding the ball at the top of the key for at least like five to 10 seconds at a time with no actions, nothing happening. Nobody's cutting guys are just ball watching. It's it makes no sense to me, especially in a, in, a, in a modern NBA where, you know, the pace it has, has been picked up by a ton of teams. You know, like even if teams are scattering and nothing kind of seems to be happening, um, teams are just e- either way. They just run around and they try to set off ball screens and things like that. But, you know, when I'm watching the Heat play, it's like guys are just standing around and I'm not sure what they're waiting for because clearly Bam is just... On an island with the ball in his hands. Doing nothing for multiple seconds. Precious seconds in an offensive possession. So, you know, you get Jimmy Butler who was super aggressive in this game. He went 9 for 11 from the free throw line. Which is really good. Obviously solid. It's something we know he's going to do. But it was inefficient. You know, 6 for 19 from the field. I talked about Okongwu. I talked about Capella. You know, the size just really really making it hard because Jimmy's not a shooter so he gets a lot of his buckets from the free throw line and in you know and he's trying to create that contact and he got to the free throw line you know but but again just really hard for him to finish around the basket when when you're facing such a tall team in the Atlanta Hawks you know not something that I you know obviously yes I knew the Hawks were obviously the much taller team you know Offensively, they would be obviously much better than the Heat, but I just thought the Heat would drag them into the mud in a Heat-like game, you know, like the Heat tend to do. You know, Max Struess was a no-show, 1-for-5 from 3. Gabe Vincent, no-show, 2-for-6 from 3. Caleb Martin, no-show, 0 right just 0 for 3 from the field 0 for 2 from 3 Victor Oladipo who every Heat fan in my DMs basically telling me he's on a prove-it season but he was a no-show Kevin Love gets three minutes in this game where the Heat aren't defending anyway right and they can't even score either in this game so I didn't understand that like if you're struggling to score and you're not even defending the Hawks anyways right like this was you know, I'll get into the rebound stuff in a little bit, but, you know, you have Kevin Love, who is a guy that, yes, he's not going to defend anybody, but neither were the were the Heat at all in this game. So, you know, Kevin Love's going to score in the paint. He can score in the mid-range. He can help get some rebounds. He can spread the floor, right? So he's going to make guys come out and at least be honest and guard him, which will allow you know some some basket attempts right like to to get to the rim but you know 3 minutes in this game for Kevin Love in a game where the struggle was obviously to shoot the ball um also no Duncan Robinson who's just glued to the bench right 0 minutes uh in a game where the shooting was a struggle not sure if it was injury related or not you know and then i'm i'm just you know kind of going through the line of these notes Tyler Hero Super aggressive in this game. He was really good from the free throw line and in. But another one of those issues, right? Two for nine from three. Just struggling to shoot from three. Kyle Lowry for all the slander. You know, he comes into this game and I I swear to God, I think every Heat fan that has DM'd me or texted me, Complains about Kyle Lowry and how you know he he's just on the end of his career. He's he barely shows up, you know. He's very streaky, and all those things are true. But he's one of those players that is a gamer. You know, he does tend to show up on big games. Um, you wanna you wanna give me some playoff stuff from last season. I think he was battling a lot of injuries, so you know there's that. But he shows up and he shows up with the version of himself that the Heat fans were basically wanting ever since they got him right but you know this game was just it was a disaster from the beginning and the heat kind of clawed back but you know the hawks just were in control man like i'm looking at the team comparison for this for just basic stats here just just two stats alone kind of gave me everything i needed to see right so the heat 39 rebounds to the hawks 63 Right. I think it was like a 30 or 20 something plus differential in offensive rebounds alone, Uh, which is funny to see because, you know, the Heat actually shot better than the Hawks from three. They shot 32.4 percent from three while the Hawks were shooting 24.4, which is something that I was talking about on the last episode. Neither of these teams is a good three point shooting team. So I thought the Heat could really take advantage of that. But, you know, it's just it was so funny to see this because. Obviously yeah the Hawks shot worse from three but when you're getting more attempts right from second chance opportunities over and over from just rebounding it's gonna improve your chances as it is right to score the ball you know and and for all the for all the toxic situations that we're hearing about Atlanta you know you hear about the green light to trade Trey young and you know you kind of see Trey Young also arguing with one of the members of the coaching staff I forget who it was. You know that was something that I also noticed. It was just you know it was it was a strange kind of uh, just game in general. You know because you you kind of assume this is going to be an ugly game and it was an ugly game uh, from both teams when you look at the stats when you when you take a deeper look at the advanced stuff. But you know pretty much the Hawks in control all game long. You know so uh, it was interesting to see how good Trey Young was in this game. You know, even though everyone shot so poorly, you know, Trey Young really just just picking his spots. You know, one of those guys that shows up when it matters, um, you know, obviously, except for that series against the Heat. But um, Trey Young had a great game. You know, it's Jante Murray just, you know, slashing, getting to the basket, moving the ball. It it was it was an awesome game to watch for the Hawks because it was just, you know, just you, you see kind of the small implementations of Quinn Snyder you know, just pushing the pace with this team, just making sure Trey gets a lot of off-ball actions. It's just one of those things that we've been preaching for the Hawks. Um, and it's one of the reasons that I, not that I knew Quinn Snyder was going to be on the Hawks, obviously this was like a late season move, but this was the Hawks team that obviously the, the bad three-point shooting excluded. This was the Hawks that I basically thought were going to come to play this season you know unfortunately for whatever other reason they just haven't been a good team this year you know and i did say this was a 50 50 matchup right you don't know what version of of what team we're gonna get in that game and it was exactly what happened the heat show up as the tough-minded blue-collar team and no energy on defense the effort was kind of bad and you know when you're playing against teams that are much taller than you position for position You have to help so much when they get to the basket that you're leaving shooters open. And luckily for the heat, the shooting was awful from the Hawks. But, you know, imagine if those shots had gone in. This game would have been like a 40-point blowout if, if, if just half of those shots go in, obviously. Um, so, you know, there's that. You know, this game could have been even uglier than it was. Um, but yeah, you know, that's just what I saw. You know, obviously, not the version of the Heat that I, I think everyone thought we were going to see. They were just, I was super out of character. You see Udonis Haslam, super frustrated on the bench, just kind of like putting his head down. The body language was bad. Um, you know, it was just a bad game. I don't know what's going to happen when the Heat are going to play the winner of the Bulls-Raptors game because, you know, obviously the Heat have home court advantage, but that's another thing that I kind of wanted to talk about. Man, the home court advantage for the Heat is so non-existent. Like, like the Heat the Heat fans, first of all, you watch the first quarter of the game and no one's at the game, right? And I, I knew a couple of people that were actually there. They posted some pictures at the game. Um, the game, man, like, like the loudness. Of, of the fans it's just it's it's not there right like this almost didn't even feel like a home court advantage game at all you know and and it's it's kind of crazy you know maybe some of you heat people are gonna are, you know you're gonna get mad about that kind of stuff but i mean it, it's the facts man like the, the the arena's not loud the fans aren't even there you know it's it's just like what good is having home court advantage if the fans aren't even gonna be there to support the team you know, and I, and I get it. You want to tell me, oh, well, it's a play-in game. The fans don't care about a game when the Heat are a mediocre team all year. That's fair, you know, but but this is kind of, you know, it's a playoff atmosphere. It's a big game that can get you into the playoffs uh, right away if you win it. So, I don't know. You know, I, I, I would say, I don't care. I guarantee you, when you go watch a game tonight, I mean, obviously, the Laker game was packed. Uh, But, you know, OKC versus the Pelicans in New Orleans, I think that game's going to be packed. You know even the Chicago Bulls versus the Raptors at Toronto that game's most likely going to be packed you know those are fan bases that they show up whether their team is in the lottery or their team is 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 contending right like that those are just solid fan bases whereas the Miami Heat fan base is you know the true fans are like at, at all the way at the top right those dollar tickets That you see all the way in the nosebleeds. And like the majority of of the rest of that population in the arena. It's a bunch of tourists. It's people that are fans of the other team. It's it's people that are there just for social media purposes. Like just to take pictures. You know, so that's unfortunate. Um, You get a lot of those types of fan bases when you go to those touristy cities. So, you know, there's that. But I'm going to get away from this game, obviously. Uh, The Hawks basically... You know, they, they basically smacked the heat around in a poor shooting night. So I'm going to move on to the Lakers-Timberwolves game. I have a lot of, I have a couple of notes for this game too. Uh, this was, this was a pretty, you know, I said it before on the last episode, the Lakers are the type of team that they could somehow disappoint you and lose this game. But obviously I fully expected them to win this game. So uh, quick thoughts for this one, right? Based on my notes. So it already looked like a Lakers disappointment game for the majority of the game like it was 82 to 68 with three minutes and 40 seconds left in the third quarter right so i'm already thinking this game is i mean it it just looked awful for the lakers you know and what's crazy about this game is anthony edwards was just i mean this was a trash game for anthony edwards three for 17 from the field 0 for 9 from three i mean literally could not make a three. If he just had a bad game, not an awful game. If he just had a bad game, the Timberwolves probably win this game. So, you know, the home court energy as the Lakers come back in this game, like as they mount that comeback was huge, right? Just the complete opposite of of the Heat Arena. You know, I mean, this game, every single bucket that the Lakers would score, the crowd just acted like they won a title, you know, which is which is what you need when you have home court advantage in a game, um, you know, they started with D'Angelo Russell in this game. But, you know, he was so bad in this game, turning the ball over one for nine from the field. zero oh for four from three. I mean, he was as useless as it gets for the Lakers. So Dennis Schroeder obviously comes off the bench, but he ends up taking all the extra playing time, you know, shows up huge in this game three for four from three he's eight for eight from the free throw line he drops 21 points and his points were not uh you know some some oh scoring while you're up because clearly the lakers were mounting a comeback so every basket by dennis schroeder every single assist i think he had like three assists was necessary for the lakers to win this game uh lebron and ad they showed up but overall, I didn't like the effort from the Lakers on defense for most of this game. And my my main reason for even saying that is because when the game is at its highest pressure points, right? Like when, when the game is like almost like you're, you like the Lakers are afraid they may lose the game. You see Anthony Davis and LeBron turn up the effort and it's so obvious. It's so obvious that they're trying so much harder because they know the game could be slipping away from them and and that just lets me know they've had that gear all along they're just kind of coasting throughout the game to selectively turn the switch on but that doesn't you know that's going to work against these garbage teams like the minnesota timberwolves you know the pelicans okc all those other lesser tier teams that can work against those teams but You're not going to turn up effort when you want to against the Warriors, against the the Kings, against the Suns, the Nuggets, and on and on and on, you know. So those are just bad habits. I don't like to see that, you know. But Dennis Schroeder hits a huge three to put the Lakers up three with 1.4 seconds left, right? And you know where I'm going with this if you watch this game. Mike Conley just has a pretty decent look. And Anthony Davis closes out so hard in the corner that he doesn't even let Conley land. So Conley lands on his ankle. Obviously, they call the foul on Anthony Davis. The Lakers are up three. And Anthony Davis fouls Conley in the corner. Conley, of course, one of the most just experienced, just veterans in the league at his position, hits all three clutch free throws, and it goes to overtime. Now, mind you, Lakers in overtime against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm still thinking the Lakers have this game, right? Like, I'm just saying, like, it's just a headache to know that this game even gets to this point. You know, overtime. Like, come on. Hachimura, right? He starts overtime. He hits a three. The Timberwolves continue to struggle to score. Schroeder stays aggressive. He has, like, a nice little give and go uh, play with Anthony Davis where, where Schroeder lays it up and makes it. Schroeder makes two clutch free throws down the stretch. Timberwolves just having basically a nightmare overtime game, you know, because Anthony, Anthony Edwards getting pretty good looks just can't get any of them to fall. And pretty much the game's over, you know, the game's over at that point. Lakers won't get away with that one. You know, they pretty much steal that game at home against a team where they have two of their best defenders not there. Right. Some of them. Right. Obviously, there's no Nas Reed. Right. And I, I talked about it on the last episode. No Jaden McDaniels, no Rudy Gobert. And for people saying, oh, if Rudy Gobert played in this game, the Timberwolves would have won. I disagree with that because when Rudy Gobert is out there at the five, it there's less space. You know, there's there's just less mobility. There's less scoring options. You know, the, the possessions, they just get a little they they, they shorten because this is a guy that's not going to get you buckets, right? He's going to he's going to protect the rim for you, right? So so you could say that that could have helped, but again, like just the versatility. You know when you're when you have Carl Anthony Towns out there, um and you know everyone else like a Torian Prince and and just a bunch of forwards out there that can run up and down and and space the floor, to me that's where the advantage was to the Timberwolves. They were they had this game in the bag. You know, it it just, it really came down to some bonehead turnovers down the, down the stretch and Anthony Edwards just having probably the worst game of his life. You know, this was an awful game for him. And obviously that was the game for, for the Lakers. So Lakers obviously set to play the Memphis Grizzlies. Like I said before, once these seedings are completely set up, I'm going to be doing a breakdown for, for each conference for the first round, but uh, I'm going to give my quick Very, very quick uh, thoughts on these next couple of games that don't really matter much to most people. Uh, Obviously, the Bulls versus Raptors at Toronto, which is tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, You have, you know, just to kind of talk about that one, um, you know, Bulls, Raptors. It's a battle of two teams that they had their seasons just completely go south. You know, you hear about Nick Nurse with the Raptors potentially not being there next season. You hear about the Bulls on the fence about blowing it up and rebuilding again. Uh, you know, it's just strange times for both of those teams. And with how much the Raptors struggle to make shots, spread the floor, you know, just just get that spacing out there. It's just not there. I'm going to pick the Bulls in that matchup because I expect DeRozan and Zach Levine to just get the job done, right? Best players in the series, or er, not in the series, in, in this game, um, you know, DeRozan, specifically a guy that can create a shot in the mid-range out of thin air, right, just out of anything. He just makes something out of nothing and just super valuable in a, in a playoff-ish vibe game, you know. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm looking at this game between the Pelicans and OKC. They play at New Orleans, 930 East. Uh, Just a couple of advanced stats that I can give you guys. If you're kind of thinking about who to pick in this game, Um, I'm going to give you the advanced stats and I'm going to give you my eye test kind of rundown. So the Pelicans are sixth in defensive rating, which, you know, obviously you have a guy like Herb Jones just locking down anyone and everyone out there. Um, But, you know, 20th in offensive rating. So there's that, right? They are 16th in pace. Okay, 20th in turnover percentage. So they don't take care of the ball too well. And just like OKC, they're a middle of the pack three point percentage team. Right. So that's going to be interesting to see. OKC, on the other hand, uh, they're third in pace. So they are much faster uh, running up and down the floor than the Pelicans. They're also fourth in turnover percentage, meaning that they're one of the best teams. They're top five in taking care of the ball so that's very important um 13th in defensive rating so you know obviously a middle of the pack defensive rating but definitely a team that can put up a fight and hold its own but you know gonna be kind of tough you know they don't really have a center um you know you could you could argue you know Jalen Jalen Williams and then maybe uh Dario Saric right like like they have that guy too but, you know, size-wise, you know, pretty small team as of right now uh, when you're comparing them to the Pelicans. So, uh, you know, it, it's it, it, eye test tells me, you know, OKC, young inexperienced team. The Pelicans have the seasoned players. They have they, they, they've played plenty of meaningful games. You know, the advanced stats are going to tell you to pick the Thunder, right? Maybe. And my heart will say OKC because I love OKC so much. But when I'm looking at both teams in the simplest of ways, right, just player for player, I'm picking the Pelicans to win it. I just think that you, you, you could kind of go crazy with the advanced stats and, you know, kind of thread the needle that way, right? Like you're kind of splitting hairs. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think the Pelicans as of right now are just the better team. Uh, they have a couple of better. They have just a couple of the better players. You know, you have CJ McCollum. You have a Brandon Ingram. You're going to be pretty good in that game. You know, uh, obviously, OKC, you know, they they have they have a lot of pieces, but they're so young, you know, and, and they could beat the Pelicans. You know, this is one of those toss up games. You know, neither team really that much better than the other. Um, but I do value experience. I value uh, just you know, play your production, right? Like just name for name, uh, kind of hard to go against the Pelicans uh, with such a young team in OKC. So that's my pick. You know, I'm taking the Pelicans. I'm also taking the, the Chicago Bulls. So hopefully I get those right. Obviously, I got the Laker game right, but who didn't? Um, I got the Heat game wrong. So there's that. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. This is the All Things Basketball podcast. I'm your host, Fake Lopez, as always. And I'll catch you guys on the next one was